The COVID vaccines are coming. Have you wondered what it's like to participate in a vaccine trial to stick an unknown substance into your body? (laughs) Well, we're going to share that with you. We're going to take you inside the BS of a COVID vaccine trial on this episode of The Inside BS Show. Hi there, it's Dave Lorenzo. This is the Inside BS Show. We take you inside the business strategy. We share insider business secrets, and we also bring you all the inside bull that goes along with everything in everyday life. That's right, we do shows that take you inside, give you the inside scoop on stuff you wanna know, stuff you have to know. Now, the thing that I'm asked constantly these days, and as we record this, we're in the beginning of December 2020, I'm constantly asked about participating in a vaccine trial. You see, I applied and was accepted into Janssen's COVID vaccine trial. Now, Janssen is the vaccine division of the giant company, Johnson & Johnson, and there were online applications to fill out, and I filled out an application for participation in Pfizer's vaccine trial, and I filled out an application for participation in Janssen's vaccine trial. Now, I was thrilled to be called by the Janssen folks and they did a telephone screening with me. They asked me, I don't know, probably 50 or 60 questions on the phone. And once I got through those 50 or 60 questions, I then had to go for an in-person screening. And what they do in person is they take your blood pressure, they do your height and weight, they draw three vials of blood They also ask you probably 300 questions about health and your lifestyle. And then if you are all set when it comes to those questions, you get to get the vaccine. Now, sometimes people get the vaccine in that same appointment where they do the in-person screening. And sometimes they get the vaccine candidate. It's, It's not really a vaccine. I'll explain in a minute. Sometimes they get the shot in that session and sometimes they get they have to come back and get the shot in a different session and it all depends on the results of the screening sometimes people's blood pressure spikes too high and they have to wait and come back or sometimes they have some sort of an issue their blood sugar is a little low and they have to wait and come back or they may have uh, some sort of an illness and they have to wait and come back but in my case when I went for the screening that same day I got the injection now I said injection and I also called it a vaccine candidate, here's the thing. When you're participating in this study and you're injected in the arm, you don't know if you're getting vaccine or if you're getting placebo. The placebo is simply saline. It's salt water, uh, very safe. They could be injecting you with placebo or they could be injecting you with the actual substance that they're testing to see if it works as a vaccine. The reason they do that is because they have to give half the people the placebo and the other half they have to give the vaccine candidate the substance they believe will be an effective vaccine. And they do that because in theory, the placebo group, a certain percentage of them will eventually get COVID. And when that percentage, depending on the number of the people in the study, when that percentage gets COVID, They know that COVID is circulating in the community and they can look at the group that got vaccine and they can say, all right, 20 people in the placebo group got COVID in the last three months. 
Let's look at the vaccine group. Nobody in the vaccine group got COVID in the last three months. That means the vaccine group works. The other thing that they're studying, I mean, they're studying like 17 or 18 things in this, in this trial. They're studying whether the vaccine is effective at completely preventing the disease or whether, they're, whether it's just effective at preventing severe disease and death. They're studying whether it's effective at preventing transmission. So if I get the vaccine, I may be protected. I won't die if I get COVID, but I still might be able to transmit it or it may wipe it out altogether and I can't even transmit it. They're studying all of those things in this test. Now, as a participant, I received the call. I went down there. I was screened. Uh, that took about an hour and a half, the screening process. They gave me a COVID test to make sure I didn't have COVID. And then they, you wait while the pharmacy that's on site, this is at the University of Miami Medical Center, the Miller School of Medicine. The pharmacy there makes up the vaccine or makes up the placebo, and then they bring it in and they stick it in your arm, and then they observe you again for another half hour to make sure that your head doesn't explode or you don't have some sort of a reaction, and then they let you go home. And at that point, the that's when the study really begins. That's called day one. The day you get the vaccine is called day one. And they help you load an app on your phone. And the app is called, hold on, let me take my phone out so I can tell you exactly what the app is called. The app is called Study Hub. And in Study Hub, every Monday and Thursday, you have to answer questions about symptoms. So if you're not feeling any symptoms, you don't even think about Study Hub until Monday or Thursday. Sometimes you'll get notifications and they'll say, hey, we want you to take your temperature and I have a pulse oximeter, which is a little thing that goes on my finger that measures the oxygen level in my blood. Sometimes you'll get a notification and it'll say, take your temperature and your, and your pulse ox uh, reading today and log it. So when I get the notification, I do that. But Mondays and Thursdays, I do my symptom check-in. And if I have no symptoms, it's, it takes literally 10 seconds. You just click a button that says no symptoms and you're done. If you do have symptoms, then it takes you through a laundry list of questions, probably, I don't know, three dozen questions about the specific symptoms you're feeling. And then more than likely a couple of hours after you enter that, at the most a couple of hours, you're going to get a phone call from either a doctor who's part of the study group or a researcher, and they're going to, they're going to ask you additional questions. When I came home on day one after getting the vaccine, I felt nothing. I didn't have any side effects. That night, right before I went to bed around 10 p.m., I did feel like I had a dull headache. I went to sleep. I woke up the next day, and the headache was a little bit worse. And I also felt like sinus pressure, like pressure in my uh, cheekbones next to my nose. Uh, my nose was a little stuffy. Um, and then my, uh, my forehead above my eyes, I felt pressure there. And then on the crown of my skull, I felt some pressure and that was probably from 7am. I felt that all the way through until two or 3pm. And then that just kind of disappeared. That just went away. That, that pressure, the sinus stuff, it felt like it was the very beginning of a cold. And so I logged all those symptoms and they called me and they said, hey, we heard you got, we had these, we, we saw on the app that you had these symptoms. Tell us about the side effects that you, the symptoms you think you're feeling. And they took very careful notes. They asked me a lot of questions in a 15 minute phone call. And then after that, everything was kind of normal. I mean, I was also a little bit tired, but I didn't attribute, 
I and I reported the 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 fatigue, but I didn't attribute that to anything to do with the study because I I hadn't slept well, so I just attributed that to not sleeping well. That's pretty much the extent of any side effects that I had. Now, I need to be clear with you and tell you, hey, listen, I could that could have all been in my head. All of those side effects, I could have experienced them because that's what I thought I should experience. This was on a Friday, and that my day one was on a Friday, so the Saturday is when I experienced these side effects. By Sunday, everything was gone, and Monday I was living my life as normal, and everything was everything was terrific. Um, my wife went and received the same thing. She she got the she she's participating in the study. She received the injection that Monday, and she had the exact same side effects that I had. Now. The fact that the two of us are living in the same house and I shared my, you know, symptoms with her when I was experiencing them. She may have gotten them just because she thought that's, you know, your, your brain plays tricks on you. She thought that that's what she should have gotten or, or you know, subconsciously that's what they thought she, she thought she should have. I mean, there's no way to know whether we have placebo or vaccine. And this is one of the questions that I'm asked most often. Hey, Dave, how are you going to know if it's safe for you to, you know, go places and do things you wouldn't normally do? Well, that's kind of the point. You're not supposed to know, and you're supposed to be as careful as you would be if you didn't have any vaccine, because I don't know if I have the vaccine. I'm supposed to live my life as normal, and if I come in contact with someone who's got COVID and the vaccine protects me, good. If I don't, then, you know, I don't have vaccine and I get COVID, then that's valuable for the study as well. The, there are a number of reasons people do this, number of reasons people participate in experimental studies. And when I'm asked why I did this, I tell people all the time that there are three personal reasons and, you know, of course, one altruistic reason. The altruistic reason is because if people don't participate, we won't have a vaccine. So if people are going to volunteer, I'm the kind of guy, if people are going to volunteer for something, I'm going to be the one to volunteer because I want to do my part to help out. There are doctors and nurses putting themselves and their lives on the line every day. They're risking their health. They're risking the health of their family. Participating in a vaccine trial that's very controlled, that's the least I can do to help out when there's people out there running into the breach, risking their lives every day to make sure that we're healthy and safe. So the least I could do, I thought to myself, is participate in this. Now, selfishly, I might have a vaccine in me now. And, you know, I might be protected from dying from this deadly virus. So, of course, that's a great reason. The second great reason to do this is if I got placebo and Janssen gets emergency use authorization to distribute this vaccine to the general public, I'm the first person in line to get the real vaccine. Janssen made a commitment, and we this is in the agreement that we signed with them to participate in the study. If the vaccine gets emergency use authorization, the placebo group, the, the study will be unblinded. At that point, the double-blind portion of the study will be you know, revealed and you'll know whether you have placebo or vaccine. If you've got placebo, you move to the front of the line to get the real vaccine. And that's the ethical thing to do. That's the right thing. All of the vaccine trials, I think just about all of them at this point, have said that when they get emergency use authorization, 
they will release the they will release the 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 blind on the study and you'll know who's got placebo, who's got the real thing. So that's one of that's the second reason. The third reason is candidly if you are part of this study group and you have the unfortunate situation where you contract COVID-19, they are on top of you like stink on a pig. They really want to make sure they understand what's going on with you and they follow up with you like crazy. When we left after receiving the injection, we were given a bag full of supplies and part of the supplies are COVID test kits. So if we have symptoms, we call a phone number and we tell them, and then we do an at-home COVID test. We put it in a, in a medical bag and we literally hang the medical bag on our doorknob, on our front door, and they send someone to pick it up and they test it. And we have to do that every day that we're experiencing symptoms. So they leave a new test kit and they take the other one. If we get severe disease, we go to the hospital where the study is taking place. And, you know, in this case, as, as I'm speaking to you today, our hospitals, the ICU capacity for our hospitals is about 50% right now. We're anticipating as we're going into the holiday season, we just passed Thanksgiving, we're going toward Christmas. We anticipate that the hospital ICU usage is going to be very, very high because there are, you know, the last three days we've had 10,000 plus cases a day here in Miami. We're anticipating that hospital beds are going to be at a premium, that staff to take care of people for, uh, who have COVID is going to be at a premium. So for me, the third reason was the standard of care, the level of care I will receive if, God forbid, I get COVID during the trial, which is two years, by the way. I think the standard of care I receive hopefully will be exceptional because I'm being studied. So that to me is a, a, a the third, you know, it's a long shot element. It's the third element of, you know, why I would do this, the third personal element as to why I would do this. People have asked me all the time, what's the difference between the vaccine that I'm testing and the other vaccines? The good thing about participating in a trial is that the researchers, at least the ones that I worked with, they want to make sure you know everything before they stick it in the arm with this, you know, brand new substance. So I have a very good, I have a comprehensive understanding of how these vaccines are made up and how the actual uh, protein that stimulates the immune response is delivered. So I'm going to give you the one minute, very down and dirty overview of how these vaccines work. So right now, there are two vaccines that look like they're going to receive emergency use authorization from the United States Food and Drug Administration. One is produced by Pfizer. Uh, the other one is produced by a company called Moderna. Uh, this one that I'm testing is produced by Janssen, again, a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson. There's a fourth one out there that's still uh, being tested but has shown some promise, and that's from AstraZeneca. We'll talk about that fourth one in a minute. But the first two, Pfizer's vaccine and Moderna's vaccine, use a brand-new technology uh, a delivery platform called mRNA, mRNA. And this is using a piece of genetic code 
to help your body stimulate the immune response. And that genetic code was extracted or taken from the spike protein of the, the actual COVID-19 virus. So mRNA technology is brand new in vaccine usage. They've been using mRNA platform, mRNA technology to deliver um, responses to people who have cancer for a little while, but it's never been used in a coronavirus vaccine, in a vaccine for a virus like this. So Pfizer and Moderna are in uncharted water and their, their study group tests have been very, very good. So Pfizer and Moderna have been through phase one, phase two, and phase three. Their phase three, if I'm not mistaken, for each, for both Pfizer and Moderna separately, was I think 30,000 people each. That Those were the groups that they studied these in, in phase three. Phase two may have been 2,000 or 3,000 people, and phase one may have been, you know, uh, 150 people or so. So lots of people have gotten those. The data is being analyzed now by an independent body and by the FDA. So if you're going to get the Pfizer vaccine or the Moderna vaccine, you know that an independent body has analyzed that data. You also know that the U.S. government's Food and Drug Administration has analyzed that data, and they've deemed them to be safe once these two vaccines receive emergency use authorization. Add to that the fact that the vaccines, at least Pfizer's vaccine, has already been approved and is being distributed in the U.K., in the United Kingdom right now. That's a, that's a, and a, and a third or a fourth, if you will, body that has reviewed the data and approved it. So those vaccines, when they get out into the public and the public is receiving them, you can be confident that they're completely safe. Pfizer and Moderna both use a two-shot protocol. You get your first shot, and then I think in Pfizer's case, 28 days later, you get your second shot as a booster. Moderna's case, you get your first shot, and I think it's 21 days later, you get your second shot as a booster. The reason they do that is because they're injecting your body with something brand new and your body will react to it the first time, but the reaction is not strong enough to offer 100% protection. You may get 25 or 30% protection and then the booster, the second shot, the 21 days or 28 days later, provides your body with the ultimate protection that you need. Now, in Janssen's case, the vaccine that I'm testing, we have a different delivery platform. In Janssen's case, they take a cold virus, the common cold, and they uh, make it inert. They, they try to dull it down as much as possible so you won't get very sick. And they put the, the spike protein, they infuse the cold virus with the spike protein, okay? And look, if you're a scientist and you're listening to this and I'm using the wrong language, I'm, I'm just explaining it the best I can so that I can understand it and the people listening can understand it. So they infuse the cold virus with the spike protein, they stick it in your arm, and the cold virus circulates, so does the spike protein. Your body creates a brand new immune reaction to the spike protein, and that immune reaction creates uh, AGG uh, cells as well as T cells, and those are the antibodies that fight off the coronavirus, but the T cells are what's really important. That's the long-term memory the long-term memory that, la that, that helps the immunity last a specific length of time. So Janssen's protocol is different because it uses that cold virus. Now, here's the thing. 
They're not injecting people in North America with the common cold that, that, that circulates or any version of the common cold that, that we could have limited immunity to in our bodies. We get infected with germs all the time, and you probably are bombarded with cold virus germs on a regular basis, and your body just fights it off because it's had that cold before. Janssen wants to make sure you don't fight that cold off for two or three days so that the coronavirus, the COVID-19 spike protein has time to, to permeate throughout your immune system so that you can have a reaction to that. So they inject you with a cold virus that's not indigenous to the area where you are. So they may take a cold virus from Africa and use that here. In fact, I think that's what they're doing, like African or West African cold virus. That's what we. That's what. That's what they're piggybacking the COVID spike protein on to get into your body. So that's the technology that Janssen uses. That's the technology that I'm testing, possibly right now. In terms of durability of immunity, how long will this immunity last? You're hearing on the news about reinfections and people are saying, oh, that means that you're going to have to get injected every year like the flu. Nobody knows. That's not necessarily true. The thing the researchers said when I asked them about durability of immunity, they said, listen, these, these talks of reinfections that you're hearing, it could be a number of things. People could have been uh, mildly infected with COVID and the the mild infection did not cause a strong enough immune reaction to give them the immunity. And that's why they might have, might have been reinfected. Or they might have received a false negative and the virus lived in their body for two, three, four, five months. It was dormant and then it reacted to something and it surfaced again. That could be possible as well. So the design of a vaccine is so that it the the immunity from the vaccine is stronger than the immunity from actually having the virus because we won't know scientists won't know look you could have had a really severe bout of covid-19 while i could have had a mild bout of covid-19 and the severe bout of covid-19 created a stronger immune reaction in you I had it mild, so my immune reaction may not be as strong. With the vaccine, the idea is that everyone will have the same level of immunity because it's predictable in the response that the vaccine creates in the human body. So durability is something that's being tested. My study is two years long. I will probably get the vaccine. Uh, you know, if I have placebo in me now, I will get the actual vaccine and and. They'll continue studying me for the two years and they test my blood. It's probably, I go back now, this week I'm going back for my day 29 where they, it's 28 days, the immunity should have built up. They're going to test me. They don't tell me, of course, but they log it. Then I go back 28 days after that and then we wait. I think I, there's a month off and then I go back at four months and then at six months, at eight months, at, at one year. They test the durability over all that time to see if the T cells still exist in my body, if my body has produced the T cells and they still exist. So that's the, that's the entire protocol. We do that for two years and they monitor me for reactions and stuff like that. So here's the thing. I can drop out of this study at any time. If, uh, if for example, Janssen's vaccine is garbage and it doesn't work. I don't think that's the case, but if it's garbage and it doesn't work, 
and I can go get Pfizer's vaccine in March. I'll go get Pfizer's vaccine in March. I'll tell the study and I'll drop out. And, you know, that'll be fine. And they're, they're okay with that. They don't expect you to forego a working vaccine if their vaccine doesn't work. This has been the inside BS down and dirty look at vaccine trials. This is the first time I've ever participated in a vaccine trial, but I got a lot of questions about it. So I wanted to make sure I shared this information with you. If you have any questions at all, you can write to me at askdave at dlorenzo.com. That's A-S-K-D-A-V-E at dlorenzo.com. Join us right back here again tomorrow for the Inside BS Show. We take you inside all kinds of stuff and we give you the scoop on the BS. <laughs> I don't know. We, we take you inside. We give you the inside BS. You know what I mean. Anyway, join us back here tomorrow. Thanks, folks. Be well. Be well.